Now, for everybody that's online, I'm so excited that you're with us this morning too. We've got a huge online community, and whether you're watching us right now at home or at the Starbucks, or if you're watching us next week, or you're listening to us on your jog or on your ride into work, man, we're just glad that you have chosen to be with the Ridge. Um, Okay, so let me start off. Everybody open up your message notes. We're going to dive in this morning to a very familiar piece of scripture, Um, but before we do, let me set this up. For those of you that are online, you can find the message notes as well in the Ridge Home um, app uh, portion of things, okay? But what we've been doing is we've been working through this series called Faith Over Fear. And what a great, oh my gosh, what a great series this has been. I've gotten as much out of this as anybody. Um, we started off the first week by focusing on what fear can do to us, like how it prevents us from living into God's will for our life, right? And so we talked in that first week about what to do and how to face that. Um, And then last week, we talked about how fast faith and fear both spread, okay? And we talked about the fact that we're carrying something. So like, what are we spreading to other people? In light of the virus that's going on, we kind of use that as a launching pad to say, you know what, you're carrying something in life. I want you spreading faith, not fear, Okay, I want you living out your faith so that people know about the risen Savior Jesus Christ in your life, right? So I hope, that's the, I hope that we're spreading faith if we're spreading anything. And today, what I want to do, like I said, is I want to look at a very familiar piece of Scripture. Okay, one that gives us a lot of peace when it comes to fears that we have a lot of comfort. A chapter in the Bible that everybody goes to, and you're all familiar with it, even if you haven't been to church, when I read this piece of scripture, something's going to go off because you were at a funeral one time, or you were at, a, you know, you were at somebody's house, or you heard a preacher, and they used this verse. But before we dive into it, let me set up the 23rd Psalm, okay, and where we're going to go with this today. Because I think one of the biggest fears we face, and I keep harping on this because it's so big in my own life but is fear of the future, okay? Fear of what's gonna happen next because there's so much around us that just feeds into this fear of being worried about what's coming or what's ahead because if this happens or that happens or this could happen or this might happen and I just don't know. And when we struggle with this fear, you know what? The the biggest canned Christian phrase that everybody uses when someone struggles with what will come is people will say, just trust God, right? Oh, just have faith. Just have faith that God will take care of it all. You know, I've been in situations where people were giving advice to other people who were just pouring out their feelings because, they, you know, they were, they were on the edge of losing a job or maybe they're a single mom and they're trying to make ends meet or, you know, they got bills coming up and they don't know how or when or, you know, it's all going to take care of itself, or school online, and, you know, your, your kid's trying to do this, but you're also trying to work at home, and, like, you, you share all this to somebody, and then after you're finished explaining everything, they just look at you, and they give you that phrase that undoubtedly we've all heard of just have, just, just trust God, which isn't wrong, Right, But if I can be honest for a minute, sometimes it just sounds a little disingenuous, right? I mean, it does, because here's what I've noticed, is that the same people that use that token Christian phrase, 
right, are, are the same folks that freak out when something's going on with them. And they come running to me and they're like, you know, sharing about their fears and like what's going to happen and what could happen. And I look at them and I'm like, whoa, 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 slow down, calm down. What was all that just trust God stuff that I heard you telling so-and-so, right? Like what happened to all that? You see, it's a little different when it happens to us. Right? It's kind of like the difference between minor surgery and major surgery. You know the difference between minor surgery and major surgery, right? Minor surgery is whatever you're having done, right? If you're having something done, then I'm calming you down, and I'm like, listen, I, you know, I'm sure they do this all the time. You got good doctors. It's going to be okay. You know, it's just, you know, it's, it's going to be all right. But major surgery is anything I'm having done. <laughs> it's a little different, right, when it's happening to me. And that's a little bit, if I can just be honest, that's a little bit about what it's like when we're telling people to just trust God. I mean, it's easy to look at somebody and say, hey, just trust God. Just have faith. But when you're the one that's struggling with the next paycheck, when you're the one that's battling depression, like when you're the one that feels like there's no hope or when you're the one that feels like everything is just unstable and nothing is normal, it's different, right? I can't tell you how many times in the past 15 years of being placed here in Columbus as a pastor that I've used that phrase. I've been really good at using the phrase of just trust, just have faith, have faith over fear, trust God. Like, I was so good at giving that speech, right? But it was all different about five years ago when Shannon went through a change in position at her work. And suddenly there was a moment where we weren't really sure about what was coming next with the hospital, right? And with, at that point, with one child getting close to going into college and, and you got bills and you got a mortgage and all this, suddenly the catchphrase of just trust God with whatever's next, right, it just... Man, it, it kind of seemed a little shallow. So what I want to do is I want to break that down this morning. Like, how do you trust God? Like, how do you trust God with the future? How do you trust God when your marriage seems fragile, right? And you just don't know what's next. How do you trust God when your kids are in this rebellious stage and it's only middle school and you're worried about what's going to happen when they're in high school and they get older? How do you trust God when someone that you know, when so many of us that we know are sick and you just don't know what tomorrow or what the next month is going to bring? How do you trust God? How do you really trust him and have faith in him? Like, how does it not just be one of those canned phrases, but you really take it to heart. What does that mean for us as believers? Let's talk about that this morning, how to live faith over fear when it comes to our future, and really choose faith over fear. And for that, I want to go to the 23rd Psalm, and we're going to read this whole thing, even though I'm only going to touch on one verse. I want to read it this morning because I have a feeling that there's somebody that needs to hear it. And as I read it, whatever you're going through in life, whatever you're going through online, man, just let these words just like cover you. Like just listen to this and let it bring comfort to you, okay? So let's read this together. The 23rd Psalm, this is the New King James Version. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, as you listen to that, I want you to notice one thing in particular. I want you to notice that at the beginning of this psalm, it begins with the Lord and it ends with the Lord. We begin it with saying the Lord is my shepherd, that he's always with us. And it ends with saying that we will live in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm is all about the goodness of God in your life, no matter what you're facing, no matter what's coming. But for today, what I want to do is I want to focus on that last piece of scripture right here that's in front of you. Okay, because this is talking about forever. Okay, this is talking about what's ahead for us. It talks about living in the house of God forever. So, but, but it also has so much here to unpack for us as we worry about whatever's coming next. So when you're thinking about the future, when you're thinking about next month or next year or whatever, I want you to remember this verse right here. Okay, because this verse teaches us three things that we need to know when it comes to facing the future and how to have faith over our fears. So let's jump in. If you got your message notes open, let's go ahead and fill in some blanks, okay? I was ahead of it. I didn't have to do it last minute like I did last Sunday. So they're ready to go for you on the app, okay? So let's look at point number one, how to have faith for the future. Number one is because God's goodness is watching over me. Okay, because God's goodness is watching over me. I don't have to fear the future because his goodness is with me. That last verse that I just read, let me read it for you again. Just just stay right here, Mike. But I'm gonna read this again. It says, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. And that's so comforting to know. Do you know that God's goodness is following? Like, do you know that his goodness is going with you no matter where you go? If you're a believer in Christ, his goodness is with you. There isn't a second of your life that God doesn't know about, that God's not watching over you. God is always paying attention to you. And do you know why? It's because he created you. It's because he loves you. It's crazy to think that in a world of billions of people, that the same God that created the stars of the heaven, which we're going to talk about in a minute too, but the same God that did all of that, that created everything, that he loves you personally and me, that he pays attention to not only everybody in the world, but he pays just as much attention to you every day as he does for me. And I can't begin to understand how that's even possible because when I'm in a room and two people are talking, I can't pay attention. Do you have that happen to you? Like you got two conversations going on. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> One at a time, please. Like I can't do that. How does God do that? And yet he does. And you know what? I don't mind the fact that I can't understand it. In fact, I prefer serving a God that I can't understand. Right? I, can't, I, I prefer serving a God that I can't wrap my mind around, that's just too big for me to comprehend. Like, I want that kind of God that's so amazing that I can't begin to understand him, and yet he's so loving that I can't understand how he loves you and me and everybody and pays attention to us all in the same way. But he does. God is always watching he knows every detail of your life. He, he knows when you have a good day. He knows when you have a bad day. He knows when you have a headache and you're just trying to make it through the day. He knows when your child is pitching a fit in Target for a toy and you feel like parent of the year, right? Like he knows all of that. He knows you better than you know yourself. Why? 
because he's good. Because he's a good God that is with me wherever I go. You know, since I brought this up, I think this is pretty cool. How, how does God's goodness go with us? I, I think there's a lot of ways that God's goodness goes with us. But I think one of the ways that I love talking about, one of the ways that just kind of excites me are angels. Yeah, angels. I, like, I, I would be interested to see, like, how many of you actually, how many of you believe that angels exist? Like, I, I know there's a, I, I know they do. And I know that there's some people that, even in this type of church setting, some people kind of roll their eyes and they're like, I don't know about that stuff. Because, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of misconceptions about angels and about who they are and about where they are and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, man, I believe in them. Even though, even though I have never, I just got to be honest, in my 44 years of existence, I've never come into contact with an an angel, never, okay, except for Shannon. <laughs> got, got little brownie points there, right? But, 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 listen, there's scripture all over the Bible that talks about the protection and the angels are with us. And, and there have been times in my life when I look back on it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that, that can only be described as the goodness of God with me in the form of an angel that was looking over me. I remember as a child, my parents gathering us up and praying for God's protection for his angels to be with us. I pray for that every night before I go to bed, that God would send his angels to surround our house and our beds to keep us protected no matter where we go the next day. I pray that for my children all the time. And I think that it's just one of the ways, that's just one of the ways that God's goodness goes with us. Now, let me also push pause. And just state the obvious, because there are people who hear me talk about this stuff, and they're like, whoa, whoa, preacher, hold on though. Because life isn't all angels, and it's not all goodness, and it's not all rainbows and lollipops and care bears, right? Like, life is hard, and let's just acknowledge the fact that the things that we're afraid of in the future are the bad things that happen. And the person that wrote this psalm, King David, he knew that bad things we're a part of living in this world. That's why he talks about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, right? He knows all about that. So what I'm trying to say is, I'm not trying to say that only good things happen if you just have faith, right? And if good things don't happen, well, you must not have had the faith that you needed, right? You just didn't trust God like you should have. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say that at all because we know that bad things happen. What I am trying to say is that here's the promise that we find in Scripture over and over and over and over again, is that God's goodness follows us no matter what happens. Right? God's goodness is with us even if there are bad things that happen, and that's a promise. Not everything that happens in this world is good, but God can bring good out of even the bad stuff that happens. And here's what's so cool about the God that we serve, is that anybody can bring good from good, right? That's, that's easy to do. You could do that. I can do that. Like, I can take a good situation and make it better. That's easy. But what our God does and the promise that he provides is that in Romans 8, 28, he promises that if you have faith in him, right, if you trust in him, those that are called according to his purpose, he brings good out of bad. Okay, that's a promise. And here's what that means. What that means is that not all things work for good for everyone. Because if you're not living for God's purpose, 
right? If you're not trusting in him, if you're not following him, if you're ignoring his plan for your life, if you're not trying to live in God's love, then I'm just going to be blunt, like the future isn't bright. Then it may not be good, but, 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 but the goodness of God is a promise for those of us that love God, right? That are pursuing him, that are called according to his purpose. God's like, God's like, listen, if you love me, and you trust in me, and you have faith in me. I know that there's bad in this world, and I'm not saying that bad things aren't gonna happen in the future, but we don't have to fear it. Why? Because God's goodness goes ahead of us. That he is good, and he is already there, and he's already working in it. So that's point number one. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to fear the future because I know that God's goodness goes ahead of me. Point number two is this, God's grace is working in me. God's grace is working in me. I can face the future because of that. God's goodness is working around me and God's grace is working in me. And the reason I say that is because that verse from the 23rd Psalm, it says goodness and mercy. Goodness and God's mercy goes with us every day, every day in our future. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. I, I want to explain the difference between goodness and mercy. What is the difference? Well, well, for starters, God's goodness is when he gives me something that I don't deserve, right? That's goodness. That's God's grace. Like when God gives me what I don't deserve in this life. I, you know, I don't deserve, and you don't deserve all the blessings that we get, right? But we're given them. Like, I don't deserve, just on the basic level, the air that I breathe, the heart that pumps blood through my body, right? The country that we live in, the, the money that we have to buy the things that we want, not just the things that we need, the car that we drove this morning, right? The, the house that we live in, the family that we have, like, we don't deserve those things, Listen, I want you to know that the brother of Jesus, James, he says every good and perfect gift, it comes from God. We don't deserve it. So grace and God's goodness is what's given to me even though I don't deserve it. So if that's goodness and that's grace, then what is mercy? Here's what mercy is. Mercy is the exact opposite. Mercy is when God doesn't give us what we deserve. Ooh, that's a big one. There's a big difference between those two. That means all the things that I've ever done, all the ways that I was mean, all the ways that I was wrong, all the ways that I've sinned, when I failed, when I made mistakes, when I said that, when I did that. You know, if God, listen, if God gave me everything I deserved in life, chances are I wouldn't be in front of you right now, right? And the same would be true about you. If God gave us everything we deserved in life, our lives would be a lot different. But God is good. And because of that, his mercy follows me. And that means that he forgives us. And this is so important because it means that you can go to God with any problem, any mistake, any failure, anything, anytime. And God gives us mercy. Not because we deserve it. We do not deserve it. But the reason that he gives us mercy is because of what we celebrated this morning when it came to Holy Communion. Because Jesus died to remove our sin. He already defeated the sin on the cross. Let me take you to a verse here in Hebrews 4. 
It says this, it says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our precious God. Let me just push pause. Why do we get to go boldly to the throne of God? We don't deserve to be in God's presence. The only reason we can ever stand in front of God is because of the sacrifice Jesus made, right? Because of his sacrifice, our sins are removed. We get to be in the presence of a holy God, and that's amazing. There we will receive his mercy. It's in the presence of God that we receive his mercy. So let me fill you in on how this relates to fear of the future. Sometimes the fear that we have are the habitual sins that we have. Like those sins that keep coming up. Oh, those sins, you know, those things, man, that I know I struggle with, that I know are ahead of me, that I know I'm just going to give into again, right? And we just, oh, we struggle with that. And I'm scared. And I'm afraid because I just know. I know I'm going to struggle with it again. You know, maybe you got a problem with the anger, and you've already messed up, but you know, oh, you know, I have a way of losing my temper, and you say things that you just regret, and you know there's going to be another time in the future. Maybe you got a problem with lust, or you got a problem with gossip, or you got a problem with being critical with people about people, and you just, oh, it's just something that I keep having a struggle with. And sometimes the reason I bring that up is that we can live in fear of the future of those things coming back up because we just struggle going back to God and asking for forgiveness again and again and again and again and again and again. We think that when it comes to the future, if I do it again, there's gonna be a chance that God's gonna be up in heaven and he's gonna be like, not again, no. Like you should have learned your lesson. I've already forgiven you like a bagillion times, right? You should know better by now. Or sometimes we're just too embarrassed to come to God. We're like, God, I don't know why I keep struggling with this. And I know I'm going to struggle with it in the future. And we, we, tend to, we tend to make God kind of like us. And we think that God is like us in the fact that, you know, if somebody keeps messing up against me, like, I'm only going to forgive them a couple of times. And then I'm going to be like, you can forget that. Like, no, I'm not dealing with you anymore. You've already hurt me enough. Like, I'm removing myself from you. There's no hope for you. But thank goodness God's not like us, Right? We don't have to have fear of ever asking for God's forgiveness. He, he, he comes to us and he pours it out over and over and over again. That's his nature. His nature is to be merciful. He doesn't get tired of it. He doesn't get bored with it. He doesn't get frustrated with us because of it. No matter what happens next, we know. We know that God's mercy will be with me. Even if I mess up. Even if the future is bad and I, and I royally screwed up, I don't have to fear because I know that God's mercy is with me. You know, sometimes when it comes to goodness and mercy, I, I view it like a mother that has toddlers. Or, you know, it's like any parent with two little kids. And last weekend, um, my little niece and nephew came over to the house to celebrate Abby's birthday, which, by the way, y'all, Abby is 17. Crazy right? It just blows my mind. My kids are getting so old, which means I'm getting old, but that's beside the fact. My, my niece and nephew came over, and they're just like, they're, they're one and three. And at that age, a parent is just constantly chasing after them, right? So the parents are going after them and picking up the mess that's behind them, but a good parent is also going in front of them and helping prepare the way for them and moving the coffee cup that might spill or the heavy object that could be dropped and busted, right? Or, or the remote control that so easily goes into a mouth, right? Like not only behind us, but in front of us. And I, and I picture God like that with us. Not only, 
Not only working to bring good out of the past mistakes and forgiving us for the past things that we did, but he's also in front of us in our future. With those things that we're afraid of, with those things that are ahead of us that we don't even know that are bad for us. And yet his goodness and his mercy go ahead of us. You see, that's powerful to think about because when you fully understand that God is never not good, right, that God is never not merciful, then suddenly whatever I'm afraid of in the future, it kind of, it kind of calms down a little bit. Because when I started thinking about the, the fact that I don't know what's going to happen next year, I don't know what's going to happen in two years, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 years, the one thing that I do know, the one thing that I can be sure of is that no matter what happens in my future, God's already there in his goodness and his mercy are ahead of me. And he's waiting for me. Let me give you one more reason in the 23rd Psalm. One more reason when it comes to your future that we can have faith over fear. And that's this. Number three is God's glory is waiting for me. God's glory is waiting for me. That verse says, and we all know that verse, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You've probably heard this at a funeral that you've been to. Maybe somebody that passed away in your family's life. But that means what that verse is is that his glory is waiting for me in heaven. Like this is talking about the future of heaven. It connects today, tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. It connects all of that with, with the future of being with God forevermore. Even after you've lived your life full, it's not over, right? It's not the end. What this does is it's just a transition into what's waiting for us next. And what makes this psalm so great is that the psalm is just building and it's building and it's building and it's building until it gets to this point to, to where it just reminds us that no matter what happens in life, one day we're going to be together surrounded by God's glory. See, for those of us who love Jesus, for those of us that serve him, even though the future might not look so bright, even though there's bad, even though something may happen, listen, I'm promised that there is a day where there's no more sin, where there's no more death. And, and y'all, the reason that this is so important right now, too, is because so many of us, like our biggest fear is death. And the biggest fear that we have right now or the biggest fear or the biggest problem that we're struggling with right now is that we have a family member that is facing death. Right? And, and even if that's the case, as big of a struggle as that is, we have this promise. And it's the reason we don't have to fear it's because this life is only a transition for those who believe into the next, right? And we're promised a place with no more sickness and no more sin and no more sadness and no more problems and no more COVID and no more pain and no more pressure and all that. It's going to be unbelievable. And it's for all of us. And you know what's crazy? What's crazy is that every now and then we get a glimpse of God's glory. Like we get glimpses of heaven, even though we don't, we don't get the whole thing. We don't get to see the whole thing. We don't even get to know the whole thing. We get little glimpses of it. And you know how we get glimpses of it? It comes in nature. This is why I put Psalm 19. The heavens, the sky, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Like those moments when you just look up or you look around and you're like, whoa. Like the other night, I don't know if you, if you saw this the other night, but the moon was huge. 
And there was one star beside it, Mars, and Mars was just a bright spot, and it was so cool how bright it was in the sky. I've been in those moments where we've been out west, those times that Shannon and I were lucky enough to travel out west, and it's just big sky, and you look up, and you look at all the stars in the sky, and you're just like, whoa. Those moments, like whenever you see a waterfall, Right, Or you see the complex nature of a wild animal or you see the colors of a sunrise. In all those moments, what you're doing is you're catching a little glimpse of the glory of God. And even though this world is broken, there's still a lot of beauty that points to our divine creator and who he is and what he's able to provide. So imagine those moments that just take your breath away, right? Those moments, and we've all had those where we're just stunned, it's something we've never seen before. And imagine one day being in heaven and walking around. I just picture myself being in God's glory with my jaw on the ground the whole time and going up to you going, did you see that? Did you see that? What about that? Like, it's amazing. And the crazy thing about it is that the scripture says, we go back to this idea. Scripture doesn't tell us a whole lot of God's glory because it's too big for us to understand. Our minds can't comprehend it. And I know you think you're smart, and you are smart, but in the same, we cannot wrap our, we just aren't equipped for it. So instead, what we get, or we get these little glimpses. We get these little glimpses that remind us of just how big our God is, right? Have you ever had those moments when you're afraid, when you're scared, when you're nervous, when you don't know what's coming, and then you, you see something, and it just, you're at peace, and you can't explain it? And you just get a glimpse of God's glory, of how big he is and what he has waiting for us. The 23rd Psalm reminds us that we get to live in the house of the Lord forever, right? And if that's the case, and if that's God's promise, then, then what am I really afraid of, right? Because we're going to be in a better place, no matter what happens next. I have the promise of being with Jesus in glory forever, so, so let me wrap this up. Let's put all this together. Do you know what it means that God's goodness is with you every day? You know, that his mercy is constantly being given to you, that his glory is waiting for you. Well, what that means is that means that I don't have to be afraid of the future. I don't have to be afraid of really anything in life. So if you're tempted today or right now or those of you that are online, like if you're just worried about what's going to happen next, you know, how it could all turn out of what tomorrow could bring, right? I want you to remember these three things because if you fully grasp these things, like if you really get it, if you really start to understand his glory and his grace, right, and his goodness that are given to us, then I believe that we are fearless, Right, that we could live with confidence, that we wouldn't be so anxious in life knowing that the goodness, mercy, and glory are all in the future. God's already ahead of us, giving us everything that we could possibly need. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for this reminder today. That when times seem uncertain, when the future seems a little cloudy, when tomorrow looks overwhelming, God, whatever happens in our future, let, let us just remember, God, that your goodness, your grace, and your glory, that it's all with us, that it's all in front of us, that you are actually preparing a way for us. 
God, we thank you so much for giving us so much in this life, forgiving us for just giving us the things that we don't deserve. God, your goodness, sometimes we forget how good you are until we look back and we see what you've given to us and we're just like, oh, God, you're so good. And thank you, God, in that same breath, thank you for not giving us what we really deserve in life. Because God, we blow it. We blow it so much and we mess up, God. Even, even for the future problems that we don't even see coming, God, we know that your mercy is there waiting for us. And God, that should just, that should just break us. And that should humble us. And that should just cause us to love you even more. And God, as if that isn't good enough, that your goodness and mercy are ahead of us, God, you also promise your glory. Not because we've done anything, not because we deserve it, not because we live good enough, when none of us live good enough, but because of what your son has done for us. Of his death and resurrection and the life that he brings. God, no matter what happens in this life, our eternity rests in your hands. And you promise a life that's free from sin, free from suffering, free from pain. So God, when we understand your goodness and your grace and your glory are both with us now and follow us every day when we remember that you love us that much. God, that perfect love that you have in those ways for us, God, what that should do is just drive out the fear in us. As 1 John 4 says, God, we just ask for that this morning, that your love would just drive out that fear. And that we would learn to live every day in your goodness, in your mercy, and in your glory. Jesus, we thank you. And Jesus, we give our lives to you. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.